You're listening to Real You. This podcast is dedicated to helping entrepreneurs elevate to the peak of their physical, financial, and spiritual health. If you want more money, better health, more passion in your life, you've come to the right place. Hosted by Jared Briggs, executive wealth coach and mentor to those looking to step up to their best selves. Real You is your invitation to become who you've always known you could be. Here's your host, Jared Briggs. Hey, welcome back to Real You. My name is Jared Briggs. I am your host and welcome to today's show. This is the show where we help you become the real you. You guys, I want to share with you my experience. You know, they always they always say, share your story. Tell your story. Tell, tell who you are. And uh, I don't know why, but I... I kind of been scared to do that, right? I feel like all of us are like, we're like, well, what do we share? Like, what do you want to know? And so that's something I've always kind of wondered about, but I've been thinking about it here lately. And I'm like, you know what? I want to share my story of kind of how I got to where I am, uh, who I am and, and what I've built, what I've done. So that's what I'm going to share with you guys today. So to start start from the beginning, I grew up in a really small town. I grew up in a town, it's the name of its Manila, Utah, out by the Flaming Gorge Reservoir, a really tiny town. My graduating class was 16. Uh, I did basketball, baseball, track and field, 4-H, FFA. I was a part of all kinds of stuff. I even did the school play my senior year. I, I was a very involved individual and very competitive. I'm a very, very competitive person. Like if I do something, I'm there to win. Even if it's just a playground pickup basketball game. Like I don't care if we're like, hey, let's just have some fun. Like, okay, yeah, we can have some fun. But in the back of my mind, like I'm there to win. Like I, I want to win it, right? That's just how I've always been. So through sports, like I was like, I'm going to be a starter. Like, I don't care what everybody says. Like, that's my goal. I'm going to be a starter on the basketball team, the baseball team. Like, I'm not going to sit on the bench. So I didn't sit on the bench very much. Like, that was my goal. Like, I want to, and I love being a winner. And so I'm a very competitive person. I always have been. Sometimes people don't like the competitive people. They think they're buttholes, but whatever. We get stuff done, right? (laughs) That's the only way I look at it. So growing up playing sports, I also did a, f- a 4-H very competitively throughout Utah and Wyoming. My brother and I both did. Grew up on a cattle ranch and did not like school. I was very like into the, the sports and the activities, the friends, and did, did not like school. I, I really struggled with school, struggled with tests, just did not vibe with it at all. But learned a lot, had, had a good experience, would never go back but it was great. So when I graduated high school, I had no, no clue what I wanted to do. I, I yeah, I, I had no clue. I knew, so I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and it was in the back of my mind to go on a mission, but I had been struggling with the idea of going for a two-year mission to, to go serve people and talk about Jesus Christ for two years. I was just like, ah, because honestly, I wanted to get married. That is something that has always been super, super important to me. Like even from when I was in high school, like I was excited to get married and to have kids. It's always been something that was special to me and important to me. And so it was, it was hard to think of going on a mission because I knew that was going to defer, you know, getting married for another two years. 
And so I struggle with that thought as well as like, did I really want to go? And was I, was I a person in, that could go and was ready to go? So I graduate when I graduated high school, I moved over to Vernal, Utah, and I lived with an aunt and uncle for the whole time I was over there before I left on my mission. So I did go on a mission, um, but, I, but I lived with them the whole time I, that I was over there, and I started working in the oil field for another family member that had an oil field business that they bought from my grandpa, my mom's dad. And so I started working out there. I was, I was still in braces, had no facial hair. I looked like I literally had graduated that day because I did. Like I, I looked like I was still in school, just this young kid, 18 years old. And so I started working the oil field. I think I was making 18 bucks an hour back in 2012, which was good money. Like it was great money for me. And I mean, I didn't necessarily love what I was doing, but I mean, it was fine. Like I had fun running some, you know, heavier, bigger equipment, doing some cool things, working on the oil wells, the gas wells in particular, we worked on natural gas wells. And uh, yeah, I, I learned it really quick and started running my own truck by myself and took off with it. So I did that for quite some time. Um, but then one day I got in a little accident. I didn't, I didn't have chains on my tires because I was like, oh, I got to hurry out to this, this location. And it wasn't that slick, like it was fine. And all of a sudden I went to go up a hill and the truck stopped and I had a big, heavy gooseneck flatbed trailer. Like I don't even know how much they weighed. They had a ton of stuff on them. They were heavy. And um, truck stopped and then slid back and it like jackknifed the truck. I know, embarrassing. Jackknifed the truck and actually the trailer went into a natural gas pipe. Like it, it, it didn't puncture, it didn't damage, it didn't do nothing. But for precaution's sake, like next thing I knew, there was like 20 people out there. I couldn't move my truck. And so it, it was kind of crazy. Well, I ended up getting let go, which was a whole mess in itself because it was family member. And I had a lot of people reach out to me saying I should actually fight it. It could go to court. But I was just like, you know what? I'm going to cut my losses I'm going to move on. And so that's what I did. And I ended up going, I knew somebody, the, the manager, well, my dad knew him. And so I knew he would know of me. So I went and talked to the manager at IFA country stores. And that is where I worked for almost, well, not quite a year, just, just shy of a year before I left on my mission in November of 2013. And so I waited a year and a half after high school before I went on a mission. So in this time I worked in the oil field and then I worked at IFA country stores, which it was a blessing that accident happened because out in the oil field, like I was just by myself all the time, all the time, like 10, 12 hour days. There were some days I would work 16, 18 hours. Like it was, it was awful. Like that's all I did. I, I really had no social life other than like some family members. And so when I started working at IFA, like there was, you know, a bunch of girls and, and other guys and I made lots of friendships. There was a guy that served in the Vietnam War that worked there. And I mean, he was in like his 70s or something and um, visited with him. I worked with him and there was another lady. She was like my my second mom, honestly. Um, and then a bunch of other people that I made good friends with. And there was, there was a lot of LDS people, uh, members of the church, which was helpful for me. Just, you know, kind of have that support of wanting to go on a mission and you know, at that time being 18 years old, there's a lot of pressure. There is a lot of pressure and it can get to you. Like I feel for kids, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, like you're trying to figure out who you are, what it is that you want to do. And there's just so much pressure of the world and, and all this stuff going on. 
And so it was great to go to work and have people to visit with, not necessarily like, oh, I'm struggling today, but just to, to laugh and to have fun and make friendships and, and do funny things. You know, we worked hard, but we had fun too. Like we joke and laugh and, and visit. So I enjoyed that. And so I, I worked there until literally I left for my mission, like in, in a week or two, I, I worked right up to it just cause I'm like, what, the, what else am I going to do? And I, I was a warehouse manager there. So I helped unload trucks, load trucks, put everything away. Uh, when people would get feed or supplies, I would help load them, run the skid steers. And so it was fun. I got to drive forklifts and skid steers and do all kinds of fun things. Forklifts are fun. I'm a boss on them. Like, honestly, I'm a boss. Like I could fly uh, a lot of, it got to the point where the truck drivers would request me to unload them. Cause I'm like, I love speed and I'm like, how fast can I do this? And so I'd freaking unload them in no time. And then, you know, cause they're paid baseball on the mile or something. So he's like, man, if you can get this off real quick and I can hit the road, I get paid more. So I just bam, 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 bam off the truck and they take off. So it was fun. Like I had a lot of fun working there. Um, so that's what I did. Then I left on my mission, uh, November 12th, 2023 or <laughs> November 12th, 2013 is the day that I left for my mission. And I was called to South Carolina. So I went to Columbia, South Carolina. The mission is the whole state. And I was nervous. Like I had no clue what to plan for, right? Like I didn't know what it was going to be like. I didn't have any other cousins or anybody older than me, literally just other people that I knew known that had gone on missions. Like I had no family or personal experience. So it was brand new. My parent, my, my dad didn't go on a mission. My mom I didn't have any uncles or anybody. So it was like totally new. And so honestly, when I got to South Carolina and I landed, I literally was like, what in the hell am I doing? Like, what did I sign up for? And so it was November, which I'm grateful for because it wasn't stupid hot like it gets in the summer. So I could kind of gradually work my way into it, but it was humid still. And I remember when I got to my apartment with my new companion, I, I got to my apartment and it was just like this small apartment, four of us lived in there. And I remember for the first time in my life thinking, holy crap, without the help of a Google map, I have no flipping clue how to get back home. Like I literally do not know where I am. I could not point a finger on the map and tell you where I am. I could point to South Carolina but where I am on the map, I have no clue. And that kind of freaked me out because I, I'm really, really good with directions. On In the oil field, you literally have rolls of maps that you throw in the backseat of your truck. And that is how you find your location. And there's hundreds and hundreds of locations and just these random dirt roads everywhere. And so I, I got really good with maps. Like I can visualize a map and know north, south, east, east, west. Oh, if I go this way, this little bit, I bet it'll connect here. Like I'm, I, I can visualize everything. And so in South Carolina, I'm like, holy freak. I, I don't even know where I am. Like I've always been a very aware person. And even when I was riding with my mom and dad, I knew how to get home. I, I just paid attention. So it was really helpful when I started driving for myself. I knew where everything was. I mean, I'd go to Vernal, I'd go, you know, like Evanston way, I'd go anywhere. And I knew where I was like, it, it's awesome. But I didn't know there. So it freaked me out. And I was just, I was lost. So I get into the mission. Well, it, it rains a stupid amount there. And I hated that. I remember there was one time people would say, oh, this is so wonderful. We're in a drought. And I'm like, dude, it's been raining for six freaking days. And 
I remember after like the sixth day of biking in the, in the rain, I had a bike one day, then the next day, a car, then the next day. So every other day, biking every other day, a car. And so every other day biking and it was raining, I was like, I'm about to freaking lose it. Cause you're just soaking wet biking in a freaking suit. You guys, it's kind of ridiculous. Like honestly. And I was just sick of it. And I remember telling my companion, I was like the next person that says, Oh, this is wonderful. We're in a drought. I'm going to pull out a book of Mormon and I'm going to slap him with it. And he started laughing. He's like, why? I'm like, come back to Utah. That is a drought. Raining for six days in a row is not a drought. I'm sorry, but it's not a drought. Like there, it is greener than hell here. <laughs> like it is so freaking green. They are not in a drought. Like I just remember it was driving me nuts and you're biking and sand is flipping up in your eyes and water and is not very fun. I remember the missionaries when I was coming in, the ones that were going home and they're crying. I remember I was like a month into it and I'm like, why were those guys crying? This sucks. Like I'm just being truthful here, you guys. Like it sucked at the start. I didn't like it. It was brand new area, brand new things I was teaching, people I had never met before, living with random dudes that I had never met before. It was just all this new stuff. And I remember it being really, really hard. Like I cried a lot. And I would literally go lock myself in a closet and I would pray. I've never prayed like that in my life before. I would pray every day to God, just like, help me. Like, what am I doing? And I got really, really close through prayer, prayer and journaling. I journaled every single day at at the start. I think at the end, I kind of wasn't journaling every day, like quite often, but I would journal every single day, like everything. So I filled multiple journals full of just my experience. And like, that's precious stuff. And so I I was on my mission. Well, I was with that companion for the first three months, then another companion for another three months. And I stayed in that area for six months. My second companion was tough. He was way tough and you know who you are, buddy. But I mean, I was grateful for him and we had a good relationship, but he was a, he was a tough personality. And so then I got moved down to Myrtle Beach area, which is called uh, Georgetown, right on the coast and I lived there for nine months and I had a couple different companions there and I loved it, but it was still hard. It was still hard, but at that point I had now got to my year mark and I was really getting the swing of things and I was really figuring things out and starting to, starting to catch my stride. And I had, a, I had a, a leadership position in the mission down there and, uh, and that was a great experience to be able to lead some other missionaries and, and do some trainings. It really helped me grow. Um, then I was transferred back up to West Columbia, really close to where my first area was. And that's where I finished my mission out as a zone leader. So a zone leader is just like a leader over like a bigger group of missionaries. Some of you, it probably doesn't mean anything, but whatever. That didn't mean anything to me either. It was not the funnest thing in the world, actually. Uh, sometimes you felt like a babysitter. But anyway, so I, I served up there and I had some incredible companions. The first the first two companions that I had there were awesome. And then I had another companion. He was cool, but that, that was my last companion. Uh, but the first two there, uh, I would I would consider really good friends still today. Uh, very grateful for them. Really good people. Um, one of them actually helped me buy my first dirt bike. So that was a lot of fun. Still keeping contact to him, with him to this day. <clears throat> but I was, a, I was a missionary that, yeah, we had the, the rule book. But I was, I stayed to the rule book, but I wasn't like, oh, if I don't follow it exactly, I'm going to be, I'm going to be punished. Like I was just like, 
whatever, right? We're supposed to be home at a certain time at night and it would be that time. And I'd be like, hey, you want, let's get some ice cream. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I would, I would have a compa- one companion. He like freaked out on me. He's like, elder, we're going to be home late. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to be home five minutes late. Like whatever, you know, like, I don't know if that's right or wrong, like whatever, but that's how I was. I'm like, you guys, we're, we're doing good things. I don't think ice cream is going to send us to hell. So I was a very, uh, uh, spirit, you know, there's letter of the law and spirit of the law. I was very spirit of the law. I, I knew the letter of the law, but I was very spirit of the law. And, uh, worked for me. <laughs> it worked for me. Um, so my, my mission was a great experience. I grew a ton. I always tell everybody my mission was the best thing for my life. It was not the best time of my life, but it was the best thing for my life. I would, I would never trade my mission for my marriage and my, and my little girl and the life that I'm building now. But because of my mission, I have the wife and the, and the daughter and, and everything that I do have now. It was the greatest experience for me to grow. Like literally I felt like I was stuck in a crock pot turned on high for two years. I was just boiled to death. <clears throat> new, new growing experiences, learnings. And it was really there that I established, I'm going to be a business owner. I am going to be a business owner. I'm going to create a, a massive amount of success. Like that is my goal. And there was a lot of missionaries, you know, they talked about going to college and, and stuff. So I'm like, oh, I need to go home and, and get a business degree. So I'll get into that. Um, one, another funny thing is, is I played the best basketball of my life on the mission. <laughs> I, I don't know what it was, but I was like, uh, the, the best player I've ever been in my life on, on the, on the mission. I played incredible. Like there was so many missionaries that are like, dude, I'm going to go try out for teams. When you get home, you should go try it. You're way better than me. And I'm like, nah, it's not in my cards. Like I played really good. I don't know why I just, I, I mean, we'd wake up at four in the morning to go play basketball before we had to start our other work. I mean, it was, it was a blast. So I played a lot, had a lot of fun, a lot of, um, one of my companions, we'd catch bullfrogs. I mean, it would get dark at side. We'd get our flashlights. We'd go out and we'd catch bullfrogs. Like it was just a ton of fun. We had a ton of fun and we worked really hard and I learned a lot, but through journaling, through praying, through all of these, these hard things that I went through, I really started to develop, um, a new me, a person that I really wanted to be. And that, that was a lot of fun. And so when I came home, uh, I, I was like, man, what do I do now? Because I've been so just like every day was mapped out. Like, what is it that I really want? And so college was, was a thought. I was like, okay, I need to go to college, I guess. I, I wanted to start businesses and I was, I was doing everything I could to start businesses, but I'm like, well, I need to go to college. Well, I didn't have good enough grades through high school to get into Utah State. I, I didn't, you guys. I did not have good enough grades to get into Utah State. So I had to score higher on the ACT. I took the ACT when I got home from a mission, I want to say three times, maybe four times. I can't remember, but I had to take it. I had a certain number. I think I had to get like a 17 or an 18 and it took me multiple tries to get that. Well, I finally, I got the number and got into school and I was living in Vernal, Utah again. And so I started going to the branch there, just a small branch of Utah State and did all online classes. There was a couple in person, but most all, all of them were online classes. And so I'd just go there. Well, I couldn't find a job because the, the economy was in the craps. Plus I started dating my wife. And so I was like, I really don't want to commit to a job because on the weekends I want to go see her. 
So I had enough money saved up that when I came home from my mission, I paid for a semester of college, bought my wife a ring and lived for like nine months just on the money I'd saved up. But it was gone. By the time I got married, it was gone. <clears throat> so, so that's what I did. So I, I went to school. I, I had a whole new motivation. And so in college, when I was taking these classes, math and English and all these you know, entry level classes, I got A's in all of them. Like it was the best grades I had ever had in my life. Like I was like a 3.9 or something. Like it was nuts. It was cool. I was pumped. I was excited for myself. So I worked really, really hard to get those grades. And then that summer, so that was like May, we ended this, this school year because I came home November 2015. And then I went to my first semester. So then like May when this semester ended, I moved to Logan. And that's, so my wife was down this way. And so I moved down this way and I got a job and I started working for a guy helping him with his cattle. I, I knew him, had some connections. So I started working for him, but I couldn't find a place to live. So I actually lived up in Lake town and I would drive down every day up by bear Lake and I would drive down every day Well, I worked for him and he also owned a feed mill. So I would, I would, I also started going and working for his feed mill and there was paying me like 12 bucks an hour. Like it was horrible. Um, so I was doing that and I did that through the summer and then my wife and I got married August 12th, 2016. Zero eight, one, two, one, six. That's when we got married. And so she come back to Logan. We found an apartment together and it was actually this tiny basement, one bedroom apartment for $550 a month, including Wi-Fi and all utilities, 550 bucks a month. It wasn't the coolest thing ever, but it, it was what it was. And we made it work. It was up in Smithfield, Utah. And so I was going to school full-time. My wife was going to school full-time and I was still working for this guy uh, at his ranch. So I started my, my second semester of college at Utah State actually on campus, like the full Utah State experience. And it didn't last very long. So while I'd be going to class, I'd be sitting there in math class or geography or the only class I liked was statistics. I think that's what it was. It was kind of like businessy stuff. Like it was a cool class. I got an A there, <clears throat> but I, uh, I was working and I mean, I wasn't even making 800 bucks a month. Like I, a lot of the times the checks would just be like five, five to 800 a month is what it was actually. And so our rent's 550. You guys, we were broke. We were way broke. <laughs> Luckily, my wife worked through that summer. So she had a bunch of money saved up, uh, like a couple thousand dollars. And so she, her account paid for all the groceries and I would pay rent and like fuel and stuff. Well, the grocery money ran out. So we, we, were, we were broke, like money was way tight. And I knew I needed to figure something out. So I'd be going to class and sitting there thinking of business ideas. And I'm like, I mean, the class would end and I'd be like, oh my gosh, what did they even talk about? Like my mind was in a whole nother atmosphere. And long story short, I got towards the end of the semester and I was just sitting there in class one day and I, and I remember just thinking, what am I doing? Why the heck am I sitting here going through these general classes to get an associate's degree on something that I don't even give a flying flip about? Like I, this does not help me 
in any way. And so I started looking at business owners. I'm like, who, who has a, a, an actual college degree? You guys, the top business people in the world do not have a college degree. I'm not gonna name any names, but like you go look it up and I was like, what the freak am I doing? Why am I wasting my time doing these general stupid classes that have no value to life, period? Like I'm just straight out saying it that way, you guys. There is nothing that I've learned from school or college I literally sitting it, like when I'm doing business now, running my businesses, I never am like, oh yeah, I learned that in this class. I'm so grateful for that. Never, never has that happened. And so I, I was sitting there and I'm like, dang, what am I doing? And I stewed on this for a couple of weeks. And I finally went to my wife and I said, I'm done. She's like, okay, like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm not going to college anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm not going back after this semester. This is it. And she said, okay, cool. What are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to start a business. That, that's what I want to do. I'm going to quit school so I can work more so we can have a little more money to, to live on. And I'm going to start a business. Well, it happened to be at this time, somebody asked my wife if she was looking for a job because her husband was needing help in the insurance business, in the insurance industry. And I was like, no kidding. So my wife mentioned that to me when I told her I was done. So literally, you guys, I I finished this semester out and I, I still have a 3.88, but I failed my math class because it was kicking my butt. It was kicking my butt. I, I Math and me, I just, who cares about X, Y, Z and this and that and tan and so like whatever, like it doesn't help me. And, and the crap that I do doesn't help me. And so I literally, I knew I was done. So I showed up to the last day for the final. I put my name on it. I did a couple problems out of like the 50 or 75 problems that I knew how to do. I turned it in. I failed the test and I failed the class. I didn't pass. But I was just like, I, I knew I was 100% committed that I wasn't going back to school. It wasn't for me and I didn't need it. And so I just stepped away. I passed everything else, did fine and everything else, but that math class kicked my butt. So I, I literally just stepped away, walked off campus, and I knew I'd never be back. I just knew I would never be back. And so I, I took off. And I actually went and talked with these, these people about the insurance industry. Well, the funny part is, is both of my mission presidents, so remember back to my mission, both of my mission presidents were in the insurance industry. One mission president has a net worth of over like a hundred million. Like he created his own companies and, and all kinds of stuff and very, very successful. The second mission president, he worked for some very successful companies and, and he did very well as well. And so it was kind of funny when I started talking to these people about the insurance industry, because I'm like, man, both my insurance or both my mission presidents were insurance agents. Well, I talk with these, these two individuals about joining with their company. You see, I can't, they don't hire people, but they're like, yeah, if you want to go get your license and start your own business, you know, you can, you can kind of work with us. We'll show you how to do it and you can get your contracting and licensing from us and, and we'll point you in the right direction, but away you go. And so you literally start from ground zero. They didn't pay me nothing. Everything I got paid was because I would go out and, and do it. And so I was like, awesome. And they're like, yeah, we'd love, we'd love for you to join. And I was like, okay, what's the next step? They're like, you need to go get your life and health license. So they pointed me in the right direction to go get that. And I started studying and I studied. I would wake up at four in the morning because I hadn't quite Sorry, finished college. Did you say that again? Sorry. Sorry, my watch just freaked out on me. 
So I hadn't quite finished college. So I would wake up at four in the morning. I would study for a couple of hours, uh, the insurance stuff. Then I would go, I think I'd go to work and I'd go feed their animals. And then I would go to class. Then I'd come home, do homework, study, go to bed, do it again. And so I would, I just did that every day for quite a while. And uh, finally I was like, okay, I'm ready to go take my first test. I failed it. It's like, crap. Like I was pumped too. I was like, let's go, you know, and I, and I failed it. And so I was like, okay, I got to keep studying. And I remember I was devastated, I was devastated that I failed. <clears throat> so my wife and I went to a subway right after that. We got lunch and then it was actually, I think it was uh, Thanksgiving weekend that, that week that I took it. And so then we went up to her family's and had Thanksgiving and I was, you know, all pumped that I was going to get my license and stuff this week. And then it didn't happen. So I had to keep studying. So I studied and studied and studied. A couple months later, I took the test again, failed it again. And at this point, I'm like, damn, <laughs> what the heck? So I, I was now at this point, I wasn't in school. <clears throat> so I was literally, I would just feed and study and, and work for this guy. And it got to the point where finances were tight. And so I started actually working for my mom and dad. I would go drive. They have a trucking business. I'd go drive for them. I'd go for, you know, three, four, five, six days because I could make $200 a day. And so I would go for a week or so, however long I could, and make enough money to last me a month or two. And they would always laugh when I'd call and say, hey, I'm ready to go again. They're like, getting short on money again? I'm like, yep, <laughs> here we go. And so I would just leave my wife and I would go drive. Well, at the same time, there was also a, a painter that I knew and I'd go help him paint houses like when I was home and I was helping this guy feed his animals. So I would study, I'd feed animals, and then I went and helped him paint a couple houses. Uh, well, I just did like a little bit of stuff, made just a little bit of money, like a little bit of spending money, right? Um, and so I was doing this. So I, I would go feed his animals every day, I'd study, do everything that I could, but I also started going to insurance meetings so I could start figuring stuff out while I was working to get my license. So I was just juggling all of this and um, kept studying. So then I go take it my third time. And guess what? I failed it again. I failed the test for the third time. And at this point, I'm like, what the freak, man? Like, am I not supposed to do this? And so I was like, I was like, I got to figure something else out. Well, I started studying the test separately. So I studied the life test separately. Then I studied the health test separately until I got really good at both of them. And then I was like, all right, I, I'm going to go give it one more shot. One more shot. Because it's like 70 bucks or something every time you go take the test. That's what it was back then. So I was like, that 70 bucks, like that was a lot of money to me back then. A lot, of, like that hurt. So I go for the fourth time and I'm like, okay, I've got to pass this or I've got to go find a full-time job and it, so I can support my family, like my wife and stuff. Like we're, we're just scraping by and I'm making it work, but I'm tired of scraping by. Like we've, something's got to start clicking. So I go take it another time and like, there's a lot of pressure on this. Well, I had studied them separately. So I, I felt like I knew it a lot more this time instead of getting confused by the two. I still took the test together. Some people take the life health, life test separate than the health test separate. I still took them together. So I'd have to take two separate tests, but I'd studied them separately. So I go in there and you guys, you have to have a 70% to pass. And I can't remember. I, there's my, maybe a hundred questions or something. I can't remember. Um, you have to have a 70%. I got a 71%. I'm pretty sure it was a 71%. 
or maybe a 70%. I, I can't remember. I remember it was right on the line and I was so freaking pumped. I walked out of there because my wife was waiting in the car for me. She was sitting in the parking lot and I walked out just on cloud freaking nine. I was like, here we go, baby. We're going to make some money. Like I was pumped, right? <clears throat> so we went to lunch and we celebrated and we were like, all right, here we go. Well, in the insurance industry, if you don't start working for somebody, you literally start at ground zero. And so I go sell a policy, maybe make 20 bucks a month. And I'm like, sweet, 20 bucks a month doesn't even put car, gas in my car. And so I had to keep working for this rancher. I kept working for him and I kept driving for my mom and dad for like the first year that I was in the insurance business. I kept doing all of them. And so money would start getting tight, call mom and dad, ready to go. I'd go for three, four, five, six days, you know, make 800 to 1200 bucks, come back home. And then I would just keep grinding at the insurance, just keep going and going and going and, and still feeding the guy's cows. So I could keep a little trickle coming in. And I literally just did this for a little over a year until I finally had built up enough income. And then my, my wife actually got a job uh, one summer. And so I said, all right, I'm quitting all of these other things and I'm going all in. Well, I didn't quit my mom and dad because it was just like a couple days here and there. So I'm like, I can do that. But I quit working for the guy feeding his cows. I just quit. I didn't even turn in my last check because I, I didn't like working there. Um, didn't even turn it in. Like it was a couple hundred bucks and I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. Moving on, which was dumb. I should have turned it in because I needed every penny I could get back at this time. So I finally had built up enough to where I could start paying myself a little bit. So I was running my business but then I was drawing an income. I started out at 800 bucks a month. That's what I'd pay myself. So I'd leave a little bit in the business. You know, I would pay for, for fuel and, and appointments. And if I needed to travel somewhere and buy some marketing materials or I needed to, to do this or, you know, whatever, I'd leave some money in there, but then I would pay myself. And I literally started out 800 bucks a month. And I literally just grew my business and I'd pay myself 900, then 1,000, then 1,200, then 1,500, then 2,000. And I literally did that till I've built it up to where I am today. Like constantly writing business, you know, doing new things, trying new things. I would travel all over. I would go up to Washington, to like Yakima and, and all that area, Spokane, selling Medicare. I even went out to Missouri selling insurance, Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, like all over the place. Everywhere I could find a good opportunity, I was there. And there was a bunch of other agents I'd go with too. So we'd all like network together and like, partner in on stuff. And so I literally did that for years until it, about the last year, well, about 2020, when 2020 hit, I was just like, you know what? I'm done traveling. For one, you couldn't travel, but I'm just, I'm done with this travel. I want to build my business local. So that's what I've been focused on for the last couple of years. I just hit my five-year mark in March. March of 2017 is when I started. So I just hit my five-year mark in the insurance industry. And I, uh, I've done health insurance. So I do individual health insurance, group health insurance, Medicare, life insurance, dental and vision, supplemental insurance like Aflac. Uh, there's Transamerican Aflac and Guardian, Colonial, um, vision insurance, like any, like, so I'd sell like the major things, health insurance and Medicare. And then I'd fit, like try to sell other things to fill the gaps, right? Like people's risk, like, Oh, you don't have dental insurance. Oh, you don't have life insurance. Oh, but like you have this stuff. So let's get you a supplemental policy. So just really focusing on solving people's problems and needs. Like if, if the worst case scenario came up, are they covered? And so this is literally what I've built my business on. 
And now I've built it to the point where now I don't have to go out and market as hard as I used to. Um, now I've built up a good referral base. I got other agents that like car insurance agents or um, like PNC property and casualty agents that don't do health insurance or Medicare. They refer me business. I have a pharmacist that refers me business, you know, a couple other people, then like clients refer me business. So now I've gotten it to the point where, yeah, I still out and go do, go, go out and do a lot of networking and, and marketing in that way, but I'm not necessarily like buying marketing stuff. I'll do social media stuff. I'll maybe do some like flyers and stuff and put around, but I'm not buying leads. I used to every, every month I would spend, you know, four to $500 and I'd buy, send out a marketing campaign Hopefully, you know, 20 to 30 people would fill it out, send it back, and then I could go talk to them. And so this is literally how I started is just going at it and going at it. Well, in, the in this time, my wife's going to school. And so she's, she's not working. Well, after a little bit, she got a job as a lab technician, but she was, her main focus was being a full-time student, getting her undergraduate and then her master's degree. And so that's what her focus was. And so my whole focus has been to grow my insurance business, to grow businesses. But in between all of this, you guys, I, I knew I wanted even more, like I wasn't satisfied. So I did like three or four different network marketing companies, you know, the multi-level marketing, you know, everybody go tell your friends and family type thing. Like I, I went through a couple companies of that uh, because I really love the personal development side of them. So I was like, I want to do this. I'm going to build big teams and da, 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 da. And they just all fizzled out and bad companies and, and I just, I just didn't like it. So, but the whole time I've been trying to build other stuff. I got into real estate stuff, really wanted to get some real estate stuff going, but I always come back to the insurance. Like, okay, just keep building the insurance, keep building the insurance. And it was really in the last year that it finally clicked why I was trying to do all of those other things. You see, I love the personal development side. I love you know, coaching and, and the coaches and, and I've hired a lot of coaches and I've worked with coaches and, and I really love that space. So I, I finally noticed like, oh, I'm not wanting to, to build a real estate business. I'm not wanting to build a, a network marketing company. Like I love the coaching side of it. Like that's what I want to do. That's what I want to build. And so that's what I've been doing in the last year is building this podcast and building my coaching group and one-on-one -on -one coaching and really building out my coaching company because that's what I found Finally, that was like, look, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to help everybody go from where I started to where I am now in half the time, in in a quarter of the time. The mindset shifts you have to go through, and and the belief things, and and just everything that you have to go through, and what it takes to build a business, and who you have to become. Like, that's what I want to build. At the same time, I love networking. I love connecting people. Uh, yesterday, I set up a meeting for my cousin to connect with some other real estate agents. He wants to be a real estate agent and get in the real estate industry. So I told him, I was like, dude, I'd love to, if you'd like, I mean, do you know what you want to do yet? Like, do you know how to start? And he's like, no, I, I don't know nothing. And I was like, well, let's, well, I'm going to set up a Zoom with these two friends of mine. You can pick their brain. So we had like an hour long conversation yesterday. And at the end of it, they're like, dude, we'll coach you. Like we will, we will mentor you. Like here's this, here's this, here's this. So they're literally helping him start. And that's what I love to do. I love to connect people and I love to uh, coach people and give people new perspectives and ideas and get them excited and, and motivated towards their goals and their dreams and, and quit living in this mediocrity. Like this is what I'm after, like real you, like this is what I love. <clears throat> so through all this time, it's taken me a long time 
to figure out what it is that I actually want to build. And I've still got a long ways to go. I still got a lot to figure out. Every day I get more clear. Every day when I journal and and I make my list of a thousand things that I want and a thousand experiences I want to have and my 90 year plan and and all of these things that I constantly work on, you know, my goals and my dreams and my vision and, and the life that I really want, I get more clear. But it's taken years. I'm, I mean, literally from from the time I graduated high school till now, it's been 10 years. I just, and I'm just at the 10 year mark of being graduated from high school. So I'm 28 years old right now and I've gone through so much. But one thing I, I'm so grateful, I never had the college experience. I never went and you know, partied and did all this and hung out with friends. Like I literally started working, went on my mission, came home, got married. My wife and I got married nine months, literally to the day. I got home uh, November 12th. We got married August 12th, like to the day, nine months I I got married. And then we were married, you know, five-ish years. We had our little girl. And so I've never had that play time. I've never, you know, hanging out with the dudes. Like I, I've gone and done some fun things, but I never went and blew my money and did those those things. Like I've all, I've been all about getting married, starting a family, starting my businesses, creating success and going for it. So I'm 28 years old now and I'm like, all right, like let's go. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like super, super pumped in, in all the progress that I've made, especially in the last, you know, six months to a year. I've made so much progress in my mindset uh, from all these coaches that I've hired, the people that I've worked with, the books that I've read, the journaling that I've done, conversations that I've had with other people. My wife has been the most amazing and incredible support of it all. I I can't even tell you how much she supported me and encouraged me because like I've put her through a lot, you guys. Like money was tight for the first like many years of our marriage like really tight. Like we had to be careful. And, and I was super scarce mindset, super scarce. There was one time we went to a a little, uh, the raspberry days in garden city uh, by bear Lake and somebody wanted $8 for a funnel cake. And I was like, no freaking way. Am I paying $8 for a funnel cake? So I, and my wife wanted it and, and I, and I didn't buy it for her. That is sad. That is sad that I was in that much scarcity and fear of money. It was because of all the experiences growing up and everything that I'd gone through. So I've had to work through all of those things, that fear. I've gone through depression. I've I've gone through, I've had to go through counseling because I was so depressed and angry when I was in high school. I've, I've had to work on all those things. I've had to re completely reconstruct my mindset around money, my beliefs around money. Now my wife, I mean, we'll buy some things. There was one time I paid like 15 bucks for a water at, at a movie theater where years before that, there was no freaking way I would have paid. I mean, $2 and I'd have freaked out, right? But I was thirsty and I just finally got into mindset. Like, I don't care, dude. Just give me the freaking water. Like, I'm thirsty. I bought the biggest water they had. And it was like, it was ridiculous. But I, you know, but I've worked through that mindset stuff of instead of focusing on the lack of, like, go make more money. Go, Go expand. Go be more abundant. Like, stop worrying about those little tiny details that don't even freaking matter. And so I look back at that and I'm like, man, I've, I've put my wife through a lot. Like I instilled a lot of fear into her. Like she was scared to go spend money because she knew what it would do to me. She knew I was so stressed and worried because I didn't want to be broke. I didn't want to be poor. I didn't, I didn't want anything to do with that. So I, I held on to that and I, and I was really strict with our money. Now, I mean, I took care of her, right? Like, don't, don't think that like <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't abuse or abandon her in any way. I just, you know, like, like 
we only need this much food. We don't like, we're not, we're not blowing money on stupid stuff, which in a, in a way it was a blessing because we saved a lot of money. Like we built up some really big savings accounts that allowed us to invest into the my businesses and the coaching and, and a lot of the things that we have done. But at the same time, I could have accomplished those things a lot sooner being in, a, in an abundant mindset. So that's still things like I've, I've talked with my wife, like, I'm so sorry I put you through that. Like that wasn't anything to do with you. There was nothing wrong with the $8 funnel cake. I don't, if it's 20 bucks, I don't even care. Like what was wrong was me. What was wrong was me. It, it doesn't matter if it's $8 or $20. See, if you get mad about that, it's because it's a self-reflection in you. Like, honestly, I was like, I was pissed that it was $8 because I wasn't a person that could create enough income to pay $8. Like that affected my finances. And so, so there's, there's a lot of growth that I've had to go through through that. So all of these things that I've done, I've had to completely reconstruct and build who I am, how I think, what it is that I do, how I perceive things, my perception on on all on everything. And my wife has been the most incredible support through all of that. She has always cheered me on. She has always supported me. She has always done everything. When I brought this podcast idea to her and told her, you know, how much it was going to be to invest into this, she kind of got mad. And she was like, well, we're getting ready to build a house and we want to do this. And, and I was like, I know, I know, but this, I, this, this coaching thing, this is what I want to do. And so I, and so we had a conversation about it and a couple hours later, she came up to me and she said, okay, I, I trust you. I believe in you. You've built your insurance business. You've done what you've done. I, I believe you. I trust you. Like do it. And I was like, you, you're sure. She said, yep, let's do it. We're in this together. So I wrote the check and, and here I am. And then I started my coaching group and, and, and all of these things. Now I've hired a couple other coaches and she supported me 100% in them. And that has been super, super valuable. She has been the most incredible blessing to my entire life. Without doubt. Without a doubt. Because I want to do some big things. I want to build some big stuff. And I've had to completely change who I am of everything. And that's taken a lot. It's taken a lot, a lot, a lot. And she has supported me. And I'm so grateful I've had the opportunity to support her in getting her undergrad, getting her master's degree. And she just started this Monday, this last Monday, whatever day it was. Today's the 14th, so whatever it was. Started her dream job. And... She's had a hard time with that because she's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm leaving my little girl and it's causing, you know, we got to find a babysitter and all these things. And I told him, like, Reagan, that's your dream. Go for it. We will figure it out. Go for it. So it's, it's been fun to support her the last couple months as she's really been pushing for her dreams and goals and getting this job and, and making everything work. And now we're getting ready to build a house. Like all of these things that we're doing, it's been, it's been super fun. You guys, I've gone through a lot depressions, I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, I've wanted to quit and burn all my bridges so many times. I sit before you right now, like a totally different person than I was just years ago. I mean, just six months ago, I mean, I'm a totally different person. And uh, the journey has been a blast. There's been days I've wanted to quit and just light a match and burn everything. But then there's been days of so much joy and satisfaction and gratitude and, and just abundance and expansion and change 
that it's been a blast to go through it and, and do all these things. But that, that right there is, is a good majority of the experiences that I've gone through, you know, from the moment I graduated high school clear till now, I'm 28 years old right now, got some big goals to hit before I hit 30, which I'm, I'm pumping away at them. And, uh, I invite you to invest into yourself. I invite you that the, the life that you want cannot be lived as the person you are today. Like you have a lot to, to change, not saying that you're a bad person or who you are is wrong or bad, but there's just a lot of growth and, and new perceptions and, and ideas and thoughts and mindset shifts and fitness things and relationships. There's a lot of things you got to change. And so like, think of when a problem comes up, you know, when a problem presents itself, you're like, dang, how do I solve this? Well, the, if you do the same thing that you did to cause the problem, you're going to get the same exact result. So you have to create a new outcome. And so to create that new outcome, you have to change. You have to try something different, right? Well, the life that you want to live can never be formulated or, or constructed with the person that you are today because who you are right now is, is what's getting the results that you have. So if you want to get better, if you want to expand and, and you want to grow and, and make more money and have better relationships and better fitness, like you have to change. You have to change your perception and ideas and your beliefs and, and all of those things that I've mentioned to, to create a new you to solve those problems so that you can grow and expand. And when I finally understood that, that's when I've really taken off. That's why I invest into coaching and, and these programs and, and all these things that I do so much, books and podcasts and all these things that I spend so much time and money on is because I need to change my thoughts and ideas. I need to change who I am. You see that person that was terrified to spend $8 on a funnel cake could never build super, super successful companies making hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars. It, it, it is not possible because you're terrified to spend $8. So I've had to completely reconstruct and rebuild who I am and how I believe and, and what I understand about money and myself and mindset and just all of these things. I've had to completely reconstruct and rebuild to, to get to where I am. Well, I've got to continue that process forward. So there's more sto stories coming, my friends. There, there's a lot more stories coming. But now I'm in an abundance mindset. So instead of, instead of being motivated away from what I don't want, which used to be, I don't want to be broke. I don't, I don't want to you know, live paycheck to paycheck. I don't want to go through the same thing that my, my parents and, and all my family did. I don't want to experience those things. That used to be the motivation. Well, I would rise above that and then sabotage back down because I would lose motivation. Well, now I've changed my perception to be motivated towards what it is that I want. So the house that I want, the cars that I want, the, the trucks that I want, the land that I want, the business that I want, the buildings that I want, like all of these things that I want, right? Like that's the motivation now. Instead of being motivated away from what I don't want, now I'm motivated towards what I want. See, it's, it's just a different focus. I, you know, a lot of people, you can sit here and be like, well, what is it that you want? Like, well, I don't want this. I don't want to work in this job and I don't want to. No, 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 no. You see, you're being motivated from what you don't want, away from what you don't want. What do you want? What is it that you truly want? And so this has been the journey. This has been the experience. This is everything that I've gone through and uh, it's been wonderful, my friends. It's been wonderful. I would put this plug out there. There's some cool stuff being shared in my group now, which is the Real You Tribe. 
It is a private group that I have. It's on Facebook that costs money to join every single month. And so you, you sign up on that subscription and you have unlimited access into the group. Well, every week I do a live call on Tuesday at 11.30 to 12.30 Mountain Time, I do a live call. The first Tuesday of the month, we talk about mind and spirit. A lot of these things that I just shared with you, learning, you know, a, you know, be motivated towards what you want, like mindset stuff, mind and spirit. The second Tuesday, we talk about fitness. The third Tuesday, we talk about relationships, you know, personal relationships, friendships, your marriage. Like we talk about relationships, how important relationships are. And then the fourth Tuesday, we talk about business and finances. And if there's a fifth, we'll talk about any questions people have. It'll just be like, it's just an open book, like questions and answers. Like we just have a conversation in there. So I do a live call and then people can chat, right? Like they can message and we chat. So there's all kinds of stuff that comes up. And uh, I'm now starting this coming week, this this next week, I have a, a special guest coming. In May, I have a special guest lined up for the fitness call. Somebody that's coached me to my fitness of where I am today. And so the, the value of this group is to bring huge, massive value to your life. One, in new thoughts and ideas and perspectives on life and, and who it is that you need to become. And the second thing is networking. You know, look, hearing these other people that I'm bringing on, special guests, people that are super successful, people that have gone through stuff. I bring them on and, and you can network with these people. You can create new friendships, business partnerships. There's just a massive amount of value. And I've been working on this for months and it's the, this last couple of weeks, it has really started to, to take off on what it is that I want it to be. And so I, I'm going to put this plug out there. If, if you're wanting to get better, if you have some big goals and dreams that you have in your life and you feel stuck and you feel stuck and just frustrated, I invite you to join. I invite you to join because it will change your life. You will meet people. You will learn things that will change your life and that'll help you become the real you. You see that real you, the reason why I call it real you is because we all have that real us inside of us, that person we really wanna be, that natural person inside of us, the talents, the skills, the dreams, the goals, the, the real us. And so my goal, the goal of this group, the real you tribe, is to help you become the real you, to step into life for what is really meant to be and who you're meant to be and how you're meant to experience life to live it in the fullest. So I invite you to join. You can go to my website, www.realjaredbriggs.com. You can check it out there. Sign up for when it's going to open next, which it's going to be opening here soon. Uh, check me out on Instagram. My Instagram is realjaredbriggs. And uh, I, can't wait. I can't wait for you to join. I can't wait for you to join to bring value. Because if there's something for you to share, I'm going to bring you on the call for you to share with everybody. There's a couple people in the tribe right now that are lined up to speak and to, I'm going to bring them on the call and we're going to have a conversation about what they know and, and what's worked for them and just bring huge, massive amount of value. And my goal is to bring tons and tons of people. So I invite you to join because we need winners like yourself. We need leaders. You see, what's going to make this country better than it is today is if people step up. We've got to start stepping up and investing into ourselves, doing the right things that are going to help us to accomplish our goals and our dreams. Stop going through the motions of life. Stop being mediocre. 
Like go after your goals and dreams. That is the people joining the group. That is the people we're networking with and we are winning. There are people. I know of one person that has a goal in the next three months to make a half a million dollars. A half a million dollars in the next three months. Whether they hit it, whether they don't, I believe they will. But shoot, what if they what if they hit 400,000? Pretty freaking good goal, isn't it? So we have some real people winning. People, we had a great conversation about fitness. There's just some great things going on. So I invite you to join. Can't wait for you to join. Make sure you say, message me when you join. Hey, I listened to that podcast. Let's go. Let's do this. You guys, I wanted to share this story with you. Um, who I am, what I've gone through, what I've been building, what I've been doing, the experiences that I've had, and uh, just express my gratitude for listening and, and for sharing this and, and doing all that you guys are doing. It's It's been a lot of fun. So I hope you got value from that. You kind of feel weird talking about yourself, like what, what is people going to get from that? But thought I would give it a shot. You guys have a wonderful day. It is now Friday and uh, have a great weekend. Use the weekend to build your dream life. Don't use the weekend to have a break from the life you're living right now. Use the weekend to build your dream life. If you don't work on Saturday and Sunday, guess what? That's two days to work on your dreams. Do some journaling, do some reading, do some planning. Really get specific with your life. It is an incredible amount of time that you can put into you. I literally started my businesses working in the extra hours that I could find. That is literally how I built what I have now. You guys have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next week. Take care. Be the real you.